Hello and welcome to Together, a Brighton and Nova Albion podcast. My name is Josh and we are on episode 19, I believe. Um, I want to nail a few things real early on. Um, first of all, I apologize if you can hear a constant whirring in the background. Um, I've got the heat on and normally I have it off for this to avoid that constant whirring in the background if you can hear it. Um, but we've got an ice well, like a snow ice storm currently currently coming through Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and frankly, I'm expecting to lose power any minute. So um, I would rather keep the house warm for as long as possible if we do end up losing power. Um, secondly, uh, what was I going to say? Secondly, no, it's lost. I've lost it. Um, what was I going to say? We had power. And that's about it, really. If I oh, that's it. If I'm if I'm going quickly through these things, um, it's probably because I'm trying to ensure that I don't get blacked out before the uh, the end of this podcast. So, um, without further ado, we'll get cracking. Um, obviously, welcome to the podcast. We are here again um, on the end of a disappointing defeat to Burnley. Um, I have a couple of fans, um, all based in the US, who sent some thoughts and feelings in. And uh, I'll start with the Mile High Seagulls, who dropped in a half-time and full-time update from his perspective watching the game. Um, so without further ado, that is coming up right now. Well, it's uh, halftime at Turf Moor. Down 1-0 in the first half. Kind of a bummer. I mean, uh, offensively... Stale and you know, really not much aggression, really no good looks at goal. And uh, still confident we can get a result from this game. But now, I think the best case scenario is maybe stealing a point. Um, but just got to come out a little more aggressive. We're the superior team, no question about that. Um, Burnley's goal was well deserved. I mean, they had that last 10 minutes prior to the goal, they were pounding us and pounding us. Kind of felt like one was coming for them. Um, need to make some adjustments. You know, we could get our offense going. Still confident we can get a result from this, though. Well, that one stings for all of us Brighton fans today at Burnley. Really let one get away. Um, in my opinion, those last five minutes, I thought every opportunity was there for, for us to get the equalizer and steal a point like Lester did at the Amex a few weeks ago. And um, it just didn't happen today. And uh, I think what sums up our season so far best is just, we're, you know, Brighton's taken always two steps forward and a step back, just like we did in October where we got nine points out of three matches and things were looking good. And then November rolls around and I think we only got one point. And then we start off this month looking good and then we get this result. So consistency has been an issue. Um, you know, looking forward to next week against Chelsea. You know, it's going to be a tough match. Um, I think we were very capable of getting a result at home. Um, look forward to it. This one sucks. But, hey, if you would have told me last week we were going to get six out of nine points out of three matches in seven days, I'd take it and run. Thank you. All right, excellent stuff. Thank you, uh, Mile High Seagulls, on Twitter, as usual. Uh, for your thoughts and feelings. Um, I think just looking at most of the uh, Albion fans and their feedback this week on Twitter um, and Instagram and other other formats, um, I feel like the agreement is there that we actually were probably the better team and we were actually pretty good. Um, and we were quite unlucky to come away with nothing at all. 
um, given that we've typically been terrible away from home, um, both performance and attitude-wise, I thought it was a nice change to see everybody coming away from it uh, disappointed but not angry at the way the team set out, um, especially against a team of their quality. Um, yes, we lost, but I thought we played pretty well. Um, we bossed the ball. We had a, a whopping 62% possession. Um, that is more than any other game this season we've had away from home, especially like even those with 10 men. Um, and I think that, honestly, I think we can look to the middle two um, in the center of the park for this change in fortunes um, in regards to um, keeping the ball and playing the ball with some purpose. Um, and what I want to do is... Like uh, like Mahai Siegel said, like we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of the ball, and it was just that final third that we struggled in. Um, so I'm going to start with the Malian midfielder uh, uh, Besuma. I thought he was um, simply excellent again. Um, he's really growing into the team. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, especially as a central midfielder, um, time and time again, he he looks to be stuck in a corner or hounded by two or three players. And the next thing you know, he's he's in the clear and on his own. Um, and all three of the opposition or two of the opposition are left flat footed and not knowing quite how he got out of that and made that space. Um, it's really incredible. He's he's a hell of a talent on the ball. Um, he won four fouls as a central midfielder. That was more than anybody else on the pitch. Um, he did his job like on at the back, and he did his job going forward too. Um, he had a successful tackle, successful interceptions, successful clearances, um, and, he t and he had a shot. Um, I think that it comes back to uh, the the feedback we already have that that final third we really struggled in, and that was something that he also um, had as his downfall. Um, he seems to lack that final touch. Um, and I think if he can nail that final touch, he goes from a good player um, that should be in our starting lineup most weeks to a great player that we could get stupid amounts of money for. Um, I thought he was I thought he was really good, and I think that him and Proper in that middle of the park is the uh, is the ticket, as I was saying on Twitter yesterday, um, and we'll get into that shortly. But as of right now, he was probably my man of the match yesterday. Um, I thought he bossed things, and I'm really excited to see that middle two keep going, and I hope they do. Um, going to go on to the total opposite here now. Um, Lacadia, Lockadia, however you say his name, um, what more can you say? Um, I have defended this guy to the hilt because I do think that he's had a bad run of things. Um, and I'd said numerous times that I thought he was just a, a better Sam Baldock. Um, but I've seen, since seeing Andone play, it's really clear that, you know, like, Andone is the perfect package of what we needed. And it's really highlighting Lockerdia's shortcomings more than anybody else's. Um, and I, I totally stick by the fact that he sure, should already have a goal this season, um, because it was ruled off outside, offside. But regardless, like you cannot miss a free header from six yards out. Even if you're a player who actually like self-confesses to having a crap heading ability, like you can't miss from six yards out as a striker with an open goal essentially in front of him. Um, I think I'm in agreement with pretty much everybody out, every other Albion fan now, um, that it's probably best for everyone if he leaves in January, whether it's a loan with a look to buy in the summer or just a straight out sale. Um, we just can't defend it. I just can't defend him anymore. Um, 
like he looked hungry when he came on and got himself in a position to score um and any professional player should be able to score from there and he didn't and for me if if you can't do that when you're being paid x amount of money to do it then you need to move on and find a level where you can keep banging in goals and if that's going back to the dutch league and doing his thing there then fine but um not for us anymore i don't think not with andone um and murray obviously being the main two and i think i think i would honestly rather see aaron Connolly or uh gallo Cares or whatever is uh however you pronounce his name that's gonna have to be one that i learn um but i would rather see them play than him at this point i think they've got more to give so yeah it's kind of sad but it is what it is we can't always uh have our signings work out i mean look at ali razor as well he's uh he's had a hard first half of the season um so we'll swiftly move on from him um and move into the style of play and possession that we had uh this week um this is a fun one because i think our style of play has changed drastically in the last seven days um we were talking just before this the last three podcasts that like does hutton have a plan b um what's his job security gonna look like in january if we continue to flounder um he really needs to adapt and try something different is it too late for him to try something different uh clearly it's not (laughs) um because there is no way on god's green earth you would expect albion to have 60 plus percent possession away from home against anyone on previous form frankly um we all expected that to be the case against cardiff and we failed miserably um and yet we did it and we looked comfortable on the ball we played some really nice football um and i think the introduction of a proper basuma combo uh is the the one the big reason why um we are now playing that those two as a central midfield duo are playing significantly more passes forward um as a duo than we have all season from our center midfield duo um you can see that information on whoscored.com you'd have to go through each and every game like i did um but if you go on the chalkboard over there you can see exactly how many passes they played forward backwards right left um and you'll have to go through every different game and look at it uh it's it's interesting to look at if you wanted to take the time and you, you can see that the we're playing the pair of them are playing play, are playing significantly more passes forward even when we were down to 10 men against palace um than any other central midfield duo and it's interesting because proper has been kind of poor before this this introduction of basuma and him as a duo and yet now he looks like a different player again um it's really great to see and playing those forwards passes being proactive and winning the ball at the park um it's preventing the rest of the side from sitting back into its usual shape um we always we know now already that and i mean commentators know and they may not have watched us for eight games but they know that as soon as we lose the ball we go into two flat banks of four and try and win the ball back in our like deep in our own half um but Bissouma and proper together are really pressing up high um and they're winning the ball really high and it's stopping everybody else from being able to sit back in the way that they are used to doing. Um, with those two pressing up, the wingers have to help them. And at that point, it brings the entire back line up with them. Um, I think when we play the bigger teams, that's going to be to our detriment because we're going to get caught more on the break. And 
when you see us play the bigger teams, that tends to be our big, uh, big weaknesses. When we eventually come out of that flat banks of four defensive mechanism, they rip us apart with a one-two counter attack and it's all over. Um, but I don't think you can get this, train this out of them. Um, and we saw this when Hutton took off Bissouma for Kayal against Palace. Um, and I said in the last podcast that you could see Hutton on the sidelines uh, on the NBC Sports Gold. Um, it literally showed him telling Basuma and you, you don't need to be a lip reader it was so uh it was so clear on the camera he was telling him to go into a 4-4-1-1 and sit back and Basuma promptly went and made two challenges on the halfway line at the same kind of level as our center forward um and was took off for Kyle <laughs> um we immediately settled into the shape of old and saw out the game which is fine um I'm not. That's not a complaint against Chris Hutton. It's just more of a showing that like Bissouma's mentality is going to be almost not impossible because nothing's impossible, but it's going to be really tough to to train him out of that mentality. And I don't think we should. Um, I I hope we see them continue to play together. Um, with the fact that we lost this weekend and that Hutton only tends to make a lot of changes when we lose, I worry that he's going to have he's going to change that midfield too. Um, to bring Dale Stevens back into the fold, but if we do do that, I just, if we're going to do it, I hope he brings him in away from home more than at home. I would be I would be really interested to see how we play um, in the same way that we played late yesterday, where we had Dale Stevens as like an anchor holding midfielder um, and Bissouma and Proper allowed to push on, um, especially away from home, like I said, because Pascal Gross has been... Uh, at home, he's still looked a good talent, but away from home, he's somehow even more anonymous than last year. Um, our forward line was incredibly poor last year away from home. Our form was incredibly poor away from home last year. And I think that I would like to see us change and take Gross out of the number 10 role, put Stevens into the anchorman role, and allow those two to push on. Um, it could be the answer, because for the last 10 minutes yesterday uh, against Burnley, we were unlucky not to score. Um, and I think that it would be really interesting to see how that could work. Um, Gross, for I mean, Gross is a great player, and I think that especially at home, with the way we play at home as opposed to away, I think it lends itself to Pascal Gross and his style of play. Um, at home, he averages around 70 to 100 touches a game. Um, I think the last game he had over 100, and for, for the most part, he's averaging... 70 touches to 100. Um, he only had 47 yesterday. And we had the ball in their own half quite a lot. So there's there's definitely something that, in the way we play away from home, neither Murray nor Gross are suited to the style that Hutton wants to play. And I would really like to see us try that next time. Um, to bring in Dale Stevens, take out Gross and play that Instead of the four four one one, play the four one four one, if that makes sense, um, and have Dale be that one instead of Gross in the ten roll. Um, I think it could work. And given what we've seen over the last couple of days, seven days worth of football, um, it looks it looks like it could be the answer. Um, so we'll see. But we have a lot of really tough games in this next seven. So I suppose we maybe just could just it's. To me, 
it's a great time to try it, right? Because it's a free hit. So let's just we're we're at home to Chelsea, we're away to Arsenal or whatever it is. Um, even away to Bournemouth, I would say, is a free hit to some extent because historically we're not very good there, and they're actually you know a top seven, top eight team this year. So treat it as a game where we probably should be looking at getting not much and do something a bit different um because how like wagner seems to have hutton's number and we've we've bested wagner this year so why not do the same thing to how um two more topics that i want to talk about um before getting to the next voice clip um this is going to be uh a good and a bad um we'll start with the bad because i always like to end on a positive note um bruno he uh he really looked to be off the pace yesterday um i thought first of all i thought it was harsh to drop montoya after the midweek game because he was class against palace um unless he did it for fitness reasons and montoya really wasn't quite fit and ready to go against um burnley yesterday i think it was really harsh um with the Christmas period coming up, I'd really like to see Montoya get more game time. Um, he's definitely being underused, in my opinion, um, and I would love to hear yours on that one. I'll post a poll on uh, on Tuesday afternoon and see if I can get some feedback from you guys as to who you think should be getting a start at right back right now. Um, because for me, it's firm, I'm firmly in the Montoya camp. I love Bruno, and, you know, the when he's on form and playing at his best this year like he's still a freaking quality right back but outside of the Cardiff game Montoya has been the better right back on form he has played better in every game he's played in um as opposed to like on outside of the Cardiff game where he was atrocious along with most of the other most of the team um so I would love to hear your opinions on that um feel free to send them in or answer on the poll that I make on Tuesday um, which is when you'll be listening to this, hopefully. Um, on to the next one, as long as power doesn't go out. Um, this is my last one until we get to the next voice clip. Um, this is Solly March. And for me, um, I couldn't have been more... F- I've, I've flip-flopped on him more than Hillary Clinton has. Um, he... For me, he deserves to be the, the number one right-winger right now. Um that's ironic Hillary Clinton and right wings um Solly March deserves to be on the right wing right now he deserves to be beating Knockart he deserves to be beating AJ um but I don't think he's as good as his Kieto on the left so for me I think I think that it's an absolute given that Solly March should start on the right and his Kieto should start on the left right now um Solly March looks like a totally different player on the right he looked he looked uh, interesting in the cent- in the central attacking midfielder role, and he's always done a job at the left wing role. But you can tell that that right hand side is really where he uh, likes to be. He looks so dangerous on that right hand side. Um, when he swapped wings towards the end yesterday, he looked constantly a threat. Um, and it was the same versus Palace. He was arguably one of our best players. Um, Honestly, to me, like I think that Hutton really likes Solly March and what he does. I, you have to start him on the right wing and see what happens. Um, I mean, what's also interesting from a fantasy football perspective is thinking about getting him in because he's cheap as chips. So if you want to get in a Brighton midfielder, um, he isn't the worst one to think about grabbing. Um, especially when you think that Izquierdo is, what, 5.9 and 
there's a couple of other players out there that are more expensive than Solly March, and March is sitting at 5.1. Um, you know what? I might do that this week. But yeah, so I think it's really interesting to see how he gets on, um, and I would really like to start him on the right. Um, he just he looks a really top talent over there, and all of a sudden he looks Premier League quality. Um, so get him on. Get him starting. Why not? Uh, so that's all I've got from my diatribe. Um, we will move on to the next clip here. Um, this is David, um, who reached out from Illinois, I believe. Um, maybe not. He'll have to correct me on that if I'm wrong. I apologize if I am. Um, he, uh, he became a fan a couple of years ago after watching the Middlesbrough game. Of all the games in the world, to start picking up Brighton after that is, uh, I commend you for it. There was a lot of drama, but none of it went our way. <laughs> so fair play to you for following this, uh, and, and we're all glad to have you, obviously. Welcome to the Albion. And, uh, here he is, um, he's talking about the, uh, the game yesterday, and then a look forward to the next couple of, uh, next couple of games. Hello all, uh, just a couple quick things I would note as I watched the game this morning from the United States. Uh, one, we were definitely the better team. Uh, felt like we dominated in possession. We knew what we wanted to do. We were very confident today. Uh, I really thought we deserved at least a point, if not more. Um, it was just those final chances, um, breaking into that final third, uh, getting shots on target that we were lacking today, but really thought we deserved more. Um, tough loss of three points at Turf Moor. Uh, point two, uh, Lucati did nothing. He, get him out of here. January transfer window would not be a loss to us. Uh, easy sitter from six yards out, could not put it away. Um, so if he were to leave in January, that would be all right by me. And third point, looking to the future. Uh, looking scary, our next couple of fixtures, we're playing all teams above us in the table. Uh, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Arsenal, Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth again for the FA Cup, and then Liverpool. Uh, looks to be a rough patch. Hopefully we can steal a point here or there, especially with people like Duffy still out for two more games, um, with Maddie leaving uh, in the beginning for January for the Asian Cup. Um, it looks to be a tough Christmas and winter season ahead, uh, so hopefully we can keep the good form we've been having, hunker down, and do well. Uh, best of luck and up the Albion. All right. Thank you very much for that, David. Um, please do continue to send your thoughts and feels in. They will always get on here. Um, I listen to everything and will always put it on the podcast, regardless of what it is, unless it's really long, then I might cut some of it out. But that was great. Thank you so much. Um, and to touch on a couple of things there, um, I think we'll visit the, the Matty Ryan dilemma in a future episode. Um, because it's still still a couple of well with the christmas period being as busy as it is we're still quite a few games away from that worrying uh worrying problem looming up in the future um for now we'll we'll focus on the chelsea game because we have a lot of tough ones coming up just like he said um we have um most of the top top nine we have to play a bunch of them over the next couple of games and it's going to be really tough especially with uh with Arsenal under new management and looking like a really decent side this year and Chelsea under Sarri looking incredibly organised. Um, we do have eight days rest now, though. 
um, we had a busy seven days, um, and we've got eight days off, so I hope we have some time to rest up. Those people who had those knocks, Murray is quieto. Um, those people who had a couple of knocks have time to get better, um, because Chelsea is going to be a hell of a tough game even at home. We, it's going to be tough to take anything from it, and just like most top six games, um, we really need to just treat it as a free hit, because I think the more we, uh, more we fall ourselves into thinking it's a possible game to take anything from we're just going to be disappointed um they're averaging two goals a game away from home um i know they're a top six side and they're, they're good but two goals away from home per game is really something um 14 shots per game 60 plus percent possession a game um and obviously you have some major danger men with hazard and willian and kante now playing in a slightly different role to usual is going to be a big problem for us to contain um i think the only the only place they're really not good or as good as they should be um is probably at central uh, center forward um, Marata, Giroud, um, no one seems to know what they're quite doing, um, and no one seems to know who the best option is, so hopefully we, if we can keep them quiet, um, it's going to be interesting to see if we play Bong this weekend, um, because he is so good at containing um, a top winger um, and doing a singular job on them. If it was up to me, I wouldn't, but with Hewton, we know how he can be conservative um, and be safe. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes down that route. Uh, I think the obvious thing we're going to have to do is become a much more defensive team again. And that, again, tells me, are we going to play that proper Bissouma combination? Um, I think that I think that if we did play proper in Bissouma, it would be a hugely different game to what Chelsea are probably preparing for. So for me, I would be on board with doing it. But we'll see. Um, I do worry that we're going to revert to type and be incredibly uh, negative against the top teams and just look to eke something out. But um, we are at home. If we can employ the same kind of attitude we had against United and the one we had against Palace this weekend, or this week rather, um, I, who knows? We, we aren't out of the woods to be optimistic. We could be optimistic. Um, my fingers are crossed. My starting 11 um, has got to be, uh, for me, my starting 11 will be Matt Ryan in goal, uh, Montoya, Dunk, Balogun, and Bernardo. I would continue with Bernardo because he has um, continued to show time and time again why he is a better option than Bong um, since he got his place back, and I would really be disappointed to see him lose it. Although I would understand the tactical why, um, I would be disappointed. Sonny March on the right. Um, I would continue with the proper Bissouma combination, um, but I would take out Gross and play Stevens in that anchorman role against Chelsea. Uh, just like we were talking about before as a potential for away from home, um, I would do that. And I would play Izquierdo on the left and Andone up top, um, simply because I'm not... Given the way that we saw Murray go down, um, I have read that he wasn't. it wasn't a dislocation and it wasn't a collarbone break, but... Those sore shoulders can keep people out for a while. Um, and I would hate for him to come back a game too soon, especially when it's a game like this, where I would prefer to have him against a Bournemouth than I would prefer to have him against a Chelsea. Um, so for me, I would start Andone, um, unless Murray is 100% fit and good to go, um, in which case I'm not really sure which one I'd pick. <laughs> um, so that's it for me. Chelsea is tough. Um, 
it's not going to be an easy game and we'll probably lose it but as long as we as long as we play with the right attitude i don't think anyone will be too disappointed um talk about me for a minute i had my uh i had a, my first appearance on the premier league fan zone this week um i spoke to peter schmeichel and uh the presenter over there um about the game in the middle of the week and let them know just how well we played um and yeah it was really cool um i might be on there a bit more often uh depend <laughs> depending on how often they called me up um but yeah um it was pretty exciting um i'm pretty i don't know i was tempted to post the clip because it was so cool but at the same time i'm really self-conscious about it so i might just do it anyway um so yeah like tv appearances the sky's the limit eh <laughs> but i will uh, see you all next week um hopefully we are talking after a momentous upset against chelsea and we can all rest easy knowing that we're going into the christmas period beating the big boys if not we've earned six points from the last night from the last uh, three games and i wasn't expecting more than four from the last from the next seven so um we've already significantly outperformed what i thought we were going to do and probably what most fans thought we were going to do so fair play to chris hewton as per usual and uh, fair play to the team for continuing to prove us all wrong um see you next week and be safe <laughs>